Welcome to Fireside Stories with me, Elliot Randall Wood, the head curator of Alexander Mabry's Museum of Strange Things. Today's story, The Krampus. In the UK, we have a poem that we all learn as children. And it goes something like this. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason and plot. We see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. The rhyme talks about when Guy Fawkes and his band of Catholic traitors tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. And along with it, King James I. Their aim was to put an end to the persecution of Roman Catholics by the English government. The attempt failed and the conspirators were all executed. But this isn't a story about Guy Fawkes, King James I or the English government. There's a story about something far bigger, something sinister that has forever lurked in the shadows, something that affects us all, something that should have us saying, remember, remember the 5th of December, for the Krampus is coming tonight. He'll beat you with sticks and use your bones as toothpicks. Naughty children, you are in his sights. Christmas is traditionally filled with stories of ghosts and other things that hide under beds and go bump in the night. But none are more chilling or reach further back in history than the story of the Krampus. Some say he is the companion of St Nicholas and accompanies him on his journey around the globe. As jolly old St Nick gives gifts to good children, so the Krampus dishes out punishments to those who have misbehaved. Others claim him to be the son of hell, the Norse god of the underworld. But those who really know the Krampus will tell you that he is much older and far more terrifying than anything you may have seen in a film or read in a book. Krampus is as old as evil itself. When Christians talk about their God creating the light and the dark, what they omit from their telling of the story is that born within that darkness was the Krampus, a demon from before the beginning of all things. The Krampus feeds on despair and wickedness. He is the voice in your head that tells you to pull the wings off of flies or burn ants with a magnifying glass. As the days draw in and the nights get longer, those creatures, the dark elves, the Krampus's minions, that for the rest of the year are kept confined to the shadows, are able to come out and play their nasty little games. Krampus is strongest when joy and hope are at their lowest. To him, war and pestilence are banquets to enjoy and feast upon. Just as St Nicholas, or Santa Claus, as he's better known, has elves and fairies who keep watch over children throughout the year, 
So the Krampus too has his helpers. But rather than reporting back on those who have been nice, the goblin-like assistants of the Krampus make a note of those children who have been naughty. Small misdemeanors can, for the most part, be forgiven. Santa Claus is, after all, a very powerful and magical individual. And if you are lucky enough to have made it onto his list of good children, then you are probably safe. But if you are a bully, if you take without giving, or if you cause pain to others, then you will not have the protection of the big man in red. But you will attract the attention of the Krampus, and you will end up on his list of those he plans to visit. As I said earlier, the Krampus gets stronger as the nights get longer, and it is the night of the fifth of December. Known as Krampusnacht, or Krampus Night, when for the first time the nights become long enough for Krampus to cross over into our realm. Unlike Santa, he doesn't complete his visits in just one night. Krampus enjoys the fear his being here creates, so he drags it out for nineteen nights. He also carries an empty sack and a bundle of sticks. He likes to visit the naughtiest children first. The temperature drops, ice will form on the inside of your windows, and it will feel like your blood is about to freeze in your veins. You will call for death, but not even he would dare step in the way of Krampus. Despite being a large half-goat demon creature with horns and glowing red eyes, Krampus moves quickly and silently. You sit up in bed, waiting. You know what's coming. Tears rolling down your face freeze the instant they hit the air. A strange calm comes over you. You hear him breathing. And then you see him coming towards you out of the darkness. He grabs you by the throat and beats you with his bundle of sticks, his claw-like hand gripping your throat so tightly, you can't force enough air out of your lungs and through your mouth to be able to scream. The beatings are nothing short of horrific. Each time the cold, sharp branches rip through your skin, you relive those times when you caused pain to someone else. Come the end, you are limp and barely conscious, which is when he thrusts you into his sack and moves on to the next child. This continues every night thereafter until the twenty-third of December, where you would think. It would end, but you'd be wrong. Those children he has placed in his sack get taken away with the Krampus, where he first skins them alive. He then strips their bones of their meat and eats it. The organs are used to feed his minions. The skin he removed is used to recover his throne, and the bones are carved. Into little statues and other ornaments. That is all except for one bone, that of the little finger. 
for these are the bones the Krampus likes to pick his teeth with. Thank you for listening to Fireside Stories, brought to you by Alexander Maybreeze, Museum of Strange Things.